Ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to a conversation which is actually not taking place in the uh, Di- Dissect Podcast Studio. Uh, I'm sitting in a hotel room in beautiful Denver, Pennsylvania with uh, Mr. Sean Kingry. And uh, so we've got a the mobile recording set up. Um, we've ameliorated the sound in the hotel room as best we can. <laughs> And uh, we are, let's see, what time is it right now? So, uh, not quite five hours ago, Sean finished a little uh, cycling event. I don't know if we call it a race or a, a thing. It was it, an experience. Yeah, it was raced. It was, it's true. It was raced. <laughs> so. Uh, and this... Um, so I'm, I'm going to explain the premise. I may not get this exactly right, but the thing is called the Ultimate Nightmare Tour or just the Nightmare Tour? Nightmare Tour, yeah. Something basically cycling the perimeter of Lancaster County mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania. And with all the sort of variations, there, there are different distances um, you can do, but with the variations um, included in the version that Sean did, uh, was 225 miles? Yes. Give or take a little bit because my Garmin seemed to... And there were some wrong turns and some backtracking and this and that. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, give or take. Um, so, 225 miles uh, declared as 22,000 feet of climbing, mm-hmm. which you'd imagine that since there is no mountains nearby that that would be impossible, but... Um, you stack up enough, sh- you know, short, steep, rolling hills, and it adds up quick because the first forty-eight mile segment was over six thousand feet of climbing. Six thousand five hundred? That sound right? Something. Yeah. Absolutely nuts. Yeah. It, yeah, it's ridiculous. And so, an event like this, uh, the total accumulated time um, was fourteen hours and forty-one minutes. Yeah. And the. F- First 48 miles mm-hmm. was done, what, we started at 1 a.m. and we... So first you got underwater. Yeah. Because so, the sky opened up. Yeah. 30 minutes into the race, it started raining. I couldn't have been more wet if I would have jumped in the ocean. <laughs> it was insane. But it's weird here, like when it rains in Colorado, it's cold. Yeah. It's like showering here with gross, dirty swamp water. <laughs> Balmy. <to speak. laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I'm guessing the water coming up from the road as you go through the cow pastures is uh, yeah. unclean. Yeah, I was trying to figure out at one point what, what I disliked the most, the pig shit or the cow shit. Question for the ages. Question for the ages. I was going to say, I, I was. The, the question is, how do you tell the difference? 
taste. <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, something that um, I learned the other day that uh, in the line of Camelback bottles, they have the uh, they have the, the what they call now the mountain bike bottle, which basically has a top that has a rubber cap over the bite valve. That would have been handy. So that you can flip the rubber cap on. Oh, the, the, the bite valve basically stays clean. Mm -hmm. And so when I ordered some, um, she's asking me, well, why? I guess it gets dirty. And I go, yeah, when you're riding English country lanes, for example, <laughs> among the cow pastures, and it's wet all the time, and then you're drinking from your butt, you know, it's like this is this is in the road, this is in the water on the road, and then it's all over your bike frame, and it's all over your body, and then you're, you know, putting this nipple of this bottle into your mouth and just sucking it down. So uh, I was actually pretty pleased to see this innovation, let's say. And it's an innovation I wish I knew existed 48 <laughs> hours ago. Maybe longer because I would have had to find a bike shop and yeah, yeah whatever. But. We did talk, you know, the interesting thing about today's ride um, for, from my perspective was, uh, you know, I, I I appreciated, you know, since I was not racing, I was actually in the in the car today, uh, basically following the course, helping you, you know, you know, eat and drink your way across Pennsylvania, so to speak. But the level of planning that you did to have exactly what you needed in the ice chest and all the food set up and the 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 uh, the bag marked with rain gear that was in the back of the car and the the little gel flask that contained a secret mixture of high octane like crazy the it's like that with the masking tape on the outside if i'm dying is what it said <laughs> on the outside of that gel flask so i'm guessing that probably gives you you know what 30 45 minutes of yes of of, of juice just to get Get, like you wouldn't want to take it too early. That might be the last thing that you ingest in order to, you know, get to the finish. Yeah, or you'd shit your pants. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but the planning was, um, it for from for me it was uh, that was incredibly helpful. Like to just realize, okay, this is I need one scoop of this and one scoop of this in this bottle. These these are the bottles that I want to have drink mix. These are the bottles that have only water in them, and you know I probably need to like take down. Uh, shooting for you know ideally it would be two of those bars per hour but one is acceptable mm -hmm. and a banana every now and then thrown in and this your ability to sort of eat your way through this uh, I mean I did notice the decline I did notice I did note when you didn't when I, when I handed you bars and you still had you know one and a half you know yeah. left when two should have been gone yeah, um, that did happen, and that, yeah, the race heated up, and I was trying to cover moves, and I, I was more worried about racing my bike than eating food, and I paid dearly for that for a while. It took me a long time of just suffering, um, and knowing that I have to now ingest an obscene amount of calories. And I hope my gut doesn't rot in the process. Um, but I did. I got it back. I, you know, I, yeah, take a few shortcuts with some magic elixir in a silver can. 
<laughs> and, oh, the previously banned for sale, you know, everywhere in Europe. Yes. Sil- silver and blue can with a little red graphic on it. Yeah. Yeah, but it, at a certain point. Yeah, a little red it. bill, a little Coke, a little. Uh, Gets um, it, 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 at, at some point, I mean, when I stopped and bought the pretzel rods, for example, I th- you know, I've I thought back to the the super the, the, the couple of races that I did that were highly humidity kind of conditions, and I was just sweating like crazy. And at the end, I was just sick of like I stopped eating because I was sick of the sweet taste. And if somebody had handed me something salty, it would have been a godsend. I thought about that, but I didn't care because I know like this works this doesn't upset my stomach and I've experienced this stomach upset in a long race and it makes a hellish race even worse yeah I, I, I'm lacking vocabulary right now but it it I if you haven't experienced it I don't know how to explain to you the discomfort it's like of feeling like you want to puke but knowing that you need to eat and drink. Yeah. And that, that if I push, and okay, and my gut's in that condition, if I push too hard on the pedals at that point, you know, there's there's the parallel issue of either I'm going to cramp or my ass is going to open up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and if you've ever shit yourself while riding a bike, it's a, it's a very special <laughs> experience. If you've never, I could, I'd love to be able to describe it to you, but uh, it's kind of like riding through pig shit. Yeah, uh, some things you have to experience on your own. Yeah. But there is a reason they call the chamois the diaper. Yes. <laughs> and why white bike shorts should still be banned. Yes. But, you know, actually, the, w- getting through, so, and, and I, don't, I don't remember sort of what hour this was. I could probably work backwards and figure out how long you guys have been racing um, when the cramps started for you. But I was actually, you know, it doesn't matter. It could have been five hours. It could have been six. It could have been seven. Um, um, yeah, I'm guessing six. But it was somewhere in there, and, and, it, and it was when the day heated up. I mean, it, it, it got, it, it was like almost a somebody turned the furnace on at some point it felt felt like to me at least that like a switch yes. got flipped um and it got super hot but the but the 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 fact that i think you admitted later that like the worst cramps you'd ever had mm-hmm. by far but it you over the course of an hour of sort of diligent you know treatment of of you know I mean, I, I watched from the car. Every time you stood up, you sat back down immediately because I could. I was like, "Oh, yep, there, there's the cramp right there." Yeah. I could probably see a hamstring popping if I was a little yeah. bit closer. But, but like over the course of a seemed like an hour or so, you actually brought it back, and then the and and then the cramps went, went away and did not come back at uh, all. At all. Um, do you want Let's, my yeah. little secret? Um, first of all. It usually for me means I've had too much electrolyte drink and not enough water for me. Okay. I'm not, a lot of people swear by these fucking electrolyte tabs and all this other shit. Yeah. I know you need some. I don't know. There's a magic ratio. I don't know what the fuck it is. I. Yeah, it, it, it is. Uh, the, the ratio is replace what you lose, but you don't have a meter to know what you've lost. And so most... So I think the natural tendency is to take in more 
And and the thing is, like, if if you think about it, you know, and this for, for me, the the, the the electrolyte discussion when it has to do with cramping and that kind of thing, it's it is it is a discussion that that can be had. But the logic of it is, oh, I'm sweating out all of this stuff and I need to replace it. So I'm, then I'm drinking it and I'm taking it in. Yeah. But when you typically, if you if you sweat out more fluid than electrolytes then the concentration of electrolytes in your you know your the plasma volume that remains yeah. inside actually goes up yes and so then adding more doesn't yes. make sense but if you add more water than you know two two to one or whatever yeah. the ratio would be you know too too much water vis-a-vis -vis the minerals then it's not going to you know be absorbed yeah. so it's going to sit in your stomach and you're going to have gut problems um, from from that and the sort of science behind cramping all seems at this point to point to uh, it's it's you know could be hydration in some yeah. but that's not totally you know people who cramp at the end of you know, Comrades Marathon or mm. Ironman or whatever that, that have been interviewed, you know, some who cramped were dehydrated, some were not. Some who cramped um, did have some electrolyte imbalance, some didn't. That was hit or miss. Let's just call that 50-50. Mm. And so it's, a, you know, it, yeah. it, it's equivocal. But, you know, almost everyone who cramped admitted to either having gone much harder than they did in training, therefore they weren't adapted to the intensity, That's and so the they case. cramped, or... They went a lot longer than they did in training. Um, hence, they hadn't adapted to the volume, and so their muscles um, cried out for some relief. Uh, it, using the only language they know, which is to, 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 to sort of stop working. Um, it, you know, today, let's just say that one potential, potentially very strong factor could have been the humidity. Heat and humidity, humidity, because where I live, it's hot. I ride in the heat. No big deal. Drink, yeah, I drink when thirsty. It's kind of it's dumb, but it seems to work for me. Yeah. Um, and no problems with cramping there. And I think I look back at all the other long races I've done. It's been in Utah, France, which isn't really... There's humidity there, but it's not like New England humidity. Well, technically, are we in New England? Let's just call it that because we're from the yeah. West and we don't know our... Yeah, we don't know geography. I, I, um, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, this type of humidity I have never experienced. I flat out have never... So, but you did Dairyland in Wisconsin, which, yeah. had run, which is run about the same time of year. Yeah. This was worse. Dairyland is also shorter too, right? Because you did, did you do I the did 200K? the 200K? I did the 300K. Okay. So that's 180 miles -ish. Yeah, so, so it's still shorter. Yeah, it's still shorter. <laughs> the hills aren't quite as violently steep. They're steep. Just the only thing, yeah. The only section there on that course over 20%, I think, is that Roberts Road. Yeah. For a little bit. but Like there's uh, a climb today. We we're over 20%. For well over a quarter of a mile. That doesn't sound long, but it's <laughs> 400 meters, man. Yeah, at 20 percent, almost one in four. Well, yeah. 
So. so you chose, and for this, actually for today, you chose when uh, I looked at the cranks, you know, the, the gear ratio on yeah. your bike, I was chuckling. I'm like, oh, Sean's somewhat concerned about the steepness here because I've never seen so many teeth on so many cogs or chain rings. Yeah, and um, I it goes back to that preparation thing. It's like, look. I am used to climbing for an hour plus in Colorado at seven to ten, maybe maybe a couple ramps and well in the double digits, but nothing like that. Yeah. And I'm like, every one of these stupid little climbs has like a seventeen percent section in it. And it's like I'm gonna be doing hill repeats for thirteen to fifteen hours is what I was guessing. Um, cause weather didn't cooperate and it was closer to 15, but you know, I was just kind of doing the math and thinking, yeah, it's eh, probably about what it'd take. If I'm on a really good day, maybe less, you never know. Let's just call it 13 hours of hill repeats. Who wants to sign up? <laughs> the worst workout ever. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, yeah, I, I, I was, uh. I was surprised at uh, the low number of interest. So there was so there was a, uh, a couple of different variations of the course today. So one, the the big Kahuna, obviously, is the two hundred twenty-five yeah. mile version, yeah. um, and then the next shortest was one hundred and seventy-seven miles, which is mm -hmm. what they call the standard version. Yes. And then if you're not didn't want to bite off that, then there was a hundred mile mm -hmm. variant. Um, Those distances alone whittle down the interest. Yes. Why do you think that is? Um, well, I, you can look at everything um, in sport right now. It's high intensity. Like all, if you look at cycling right now in America, big long road races 10 years ago when you and I both started riding bikes together. There were a lot of road races that were that were going to take you four plus hours. Yeah. Now it's whittled down to about two hours, and I think some of that's permitting, like getting the for permits. road closures and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it costs money. I get that, and it's also interest. Like people, and I, and I I'm not bagging CrossFit. Don't get me wrong, but it's like. Well, I want to do this short, intense thing. I don't want to go long and hard. So the but and so this could so there's a couple of things. I mean, part of that is I think, um, I mean, the, the charitable sort of explanation would be people don't have enough time to do the to put in the volume that one needs to support a longer four hour effort or six hour effort or twelve hours. Yeah. Um, hence. Uh, oh wait! In a one-hour or forty-five-minute cyclocross race, I can, I can just get utterly destroyed because the intensity is so high, and then I can drink a beer at nine a.m., as someone recently described it to me. That's uh, kind of what happens. Yes, which, as which I, I participate I, in that too. Full which, disclosure. Which, which I think is a, you know, the, 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 the cowbell, you know, beer hand up during the race thing. I mean, that's a specific part of that, that 
subculture. But at the highest levels, I mean, guys are taking it very fucking seriously. So yeah, and I take it too fucking serious. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> <laughs> anybody who's listened to any episodes that Sean's been on already know that. So <laughs> yeah, need to be. Uh, um, but th- that's. And, and, I, and I just wonder if that's also, you know, if, if, the, if the lack of interest in the longer things in a way, I, I, the opportunity exists for, I mean, these, these, the long races happen still. I mean, yes. Dairyland still happens. This happened. This is, uh, so, um, what's the guy's name who took, who, Paul, is that the guy who organized, who sort of runs this yes. event? So he took it over. It's, it's like a longstanding thing. It's been going 20 on for plus years. 20 plus years of doing this. You know, at, I, I can't imagine back in the day when there weren't GPS breadcrumbs to follow, Ooh. like how they did it. All I can figure is they went out and stenciled arrows all over the ground. Okay, yeah, actually, yeah, I've done actual, I, I have done races like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and there's <laughs> some really cool underground races that you kind of need to know the secret handshake. To get into, to, yeah. and then to, yeah. To actually do. And Fuck, we should get some, we should, that's what we, here's what we need to do. We need to put on a race. You can only see the stencils and the road markings for the course you know, identification if you wear the special sunglasses that you buy. That's, that's what the entry fee goes to. The old school X-ray, or. Uh, 3D sunglasses. 3D sunglasses. I, yeah, I was thinking of like, we just need a case of sunglasses like they had in that movie, you know, They Live. Was Rowdy Roddy Piper. In it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, different subject for a different day. But, yeah. Um, so, so this, so this, not for lack of opportunity. I mean, you can, you, if you, if you want to have these long duration sort of experiences, um, it, it, they are available. If you don't have the time to do the volume to support, you know, that kind of activity, I can see that you know you might be drawn to shorter things. You want to mm-hmm. try and have you know a similar experience, but. Uh, But it turns out it takes fucking time. Like if you want to, if you want to go deep, deep, deeper inside yourself, it takes time. Like you're not getting there in 45 minutes, no matter how hard it is. And the thing I, yeah, exactly. And the other problem with that is it takes, it sits on years. Okay. I've only been riding a road bike 10 years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think. 10 years it took me and I probably took the shortest possible way to be able to do this kind of nonsense okay like this long ultra endurancey kind of thing um because I had people who had done things like that and they explained to me how to do them so a lot of the trial and error was eliminated you being obviously or you had people that just tricked you into, hey, I'm going to do this thing. You should do it too. And being a damn <laughs> fool, nodded and said yes. Yeah, and then made it a thing. And I think, uh, I, think you, I think you need to go back and try and... I know. And I'm trying... I contacted that promoter. Mm-hmm. And he has not returned. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know okay. if it's happening, which really sucks because that honestly was one of the coolest races ever. 
The Everest and Challenge. Everest Challenge, yes. Yeah. So I guess we shouldn't be speaking in code here. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Everest Challenge, east side of the Sierras, based out of Bishop, California, two-day stage race. First day, uh, over 100 miles, but only 85 of actual racing, I think, because yeah. the descent is neutralized. Yeah. Um, day two, 100, let's just say, it's, basically it's a 200 miles in two days with 29,002 feet of climbing to yeah. equal the summit of Mount Everest. Yes. And it is diabolical. Especially day two. Yeah. And it's still my favorite quote ever to you. The first year we did it, and I'm so gutted after day one. I have no idea how I'm even going to get on a damn bike. And we walk up to the sign-in, and I look at you, and I said, walking is still honest. And you just gave me this weird look like, what the fuck are you talking about? Just a pop culture reference mm -hmm. that I wasn't down with at the time. <laughs> like I hadn't learned it yet. But it. But it, I also knew that first. What is it? Cascade Canyon. The first. The first climb on day two. I believe that is Cascade. Fuck. Well, that's the, like that's the rudest awakening, I think I've ever had on a bike. Well, and there's so many. Oh, I. That. No, for me the worst part of that. Third climb at the base of the third climb, going up to the Bristol Cone, ancient Bristol Cone, yeah, Bristol Cone Forest, yeah, yeah, or whatever. whatever it is. The air was the most stagnant air, like just still, still, like and hot, and you're, <laughs> yes, and that the heat coming off the pavement that day, and you're kind of winding between those rock walls that are reflecting the heat like a toaster oven, and just like feeling all of your fluid and energy and life just being drawn out of you and into the fucking desert. Yeah, and it was, I have never felt air that still. Like, like there's always a little air movement. Yeah. There was no air movement. Like, I, it, I can't explain it. You have to experience it. And then you'll hate me if you do. Because, <laughs> and then you will, you'll be, you then you would have experienced it, but you wouldn't know how to talk about it either. I mean, that, that's the, the, the kind of, I mean, but it's, those are the kind of things that like, yeah, in order to be able to feel the intensity of that particular environment, you had to go through day one and the first two climbs of day two. Yeah. Like to be sensitized to that. Yeah, because pressure or whatever it is. Yeah, because that was actually the first same climb, uh, the first climb of the Four Horsemen race. And but wait, you went up to the Bristol Forest the the first climb of that race? Yeah, actually, we went past there up the dirt part. Uh, okay, yeah. So it gets gnarly. Yeah. Like, like that is a legitimately fucked up the road so um speaking of that yeah did i send you that little video the, the a link to the uh, cannondale video of the guys who yes you did went from bad water to up the, to that to the t what is it the top of white mountain or yeah. whatever it is the, yeah. the highest point that you can ride a bike to in the u.s actually yeah. and, and uh I, I i swear to god like i was done with riding my bike yeah. I'm not done. Like I'll still ride it and this and that, yeah. but I'm not into. I wasn't seeking to have any more experiences on my bike. And then I saw that video, and I was just like, "Wow, these guys are doing 
they're basically doing the single push type efforts that we did in mountains because I think it, they did it in basic, in roughly 33 hours nonstop or something like that. Yeah, the closest thing they stopped, they well, like, stopped for an, well, my favorite part of that video is them eating and napping. In the fucking in, outhouse. In the outhouse. And if you've ever been in one of those outhouses, is the most foul, repugnant, I, I, I'm lacking descriptors, but it's just vile. Yeah. And, and they had like the temperature swing from over 100 degrees at one point to below freezing at one point, all in the space. Like it's super, like like an experience that you should have over the course of three or four or five days yeah. compressed into, you know, 30 hours and it's some change. Uh, so, yeah, so that, that kind of got me turned on to this, the thing. And then I, yeah, and I've been working at it, but. I, it, for for me to be able to, you know, come out here and draw, like, yeah, we do, we did Logan to Jackson together. We've yeah. done the Everest Challenge, you know. And when we say together, it's like, I'm okay, doing my thing, you're doing your thing. Yeah, we're there on the same day, and then we're commiserating at the end or whatever. Yeah. And and uh, but to be able to actually, or or then to, or like after the Four Horsemen, you know, we 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 talked about it on the podcast four years after the fact or something. Yeah, um, and. And, and to for me to be able to come out here and like watch it in real time, watch the you know, the, and granted today was a little bit different than 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 sometimes because um, you actually had a um, a comrade today or you know a co-conspirator I don't know what and whether by accident or whatever but. Um, I, I guess I still all I'm saying is I guess I still have to see one where you like you just ride away from everybody and then you're on your own for like 12 hours and that would be fucking cool yeah and i that was honestly my intention was just to like step on their fucking neck and go and today the level of competition when you have a guy who's one of the best at 24-hour mountain bike races shows up guess what so rod nicole I'm gonna uh, and probably maybe pronouncing the la his last name wrong, but N I C H O L L E, um, who, yeah, when you came back after uh, the first forty-eight mile loop, yeah, said, man, there's this guy and he goes uphill really good. <laughs> it's yeah. like I was clapping at that yeah. just because there's there's gonna be competition. Yeah, and to me that actually made this kind of. I'm not going to say, because every one of the, you can't say like one thing's your favorite or, yeah. it, it, but that's what I'm going to take away from this one is like, I was actually pushed. Like even when Robert Choi in Hoodoo 500, I knew I could break him eventually because I could just keep, but attacking Robert, but with Rod, I couldn't. Because his counterpunch was just as maybe stronger. So now I'm like, okay, now I've got to be a little more clever. Not clever is a bad no, word. Strategic with the hands that you play at what time during the race. Like, how much do you show? How much? I mean, he probably, after the first, you know, loop in the night. Yeah. 
he probably knew everything he needed to know to race you. Yeah. He knew that I will go hard. Every climb, I'm going to go as hard as I think. Is it? Yeah, that I can recover from and do this again. So, and I realize, let's call that 90%. Okay. But that 90% gets lower and lower and lower each climb. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because the... 100%, 100%, which would be, let's just call it your full potential, yeah. is decli- steadily declining over the day, yeah. um, over the course of the day, or that every time you, I mean, you know, you know the fine description that, that I mean, that it's off, that's common with cycling, which is when we were, uh, at some point I rolled up and we did a, a, a water bottles and food or whatever, mm-hmm. and I said, oh yeah, the, 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 the guy who was, the fourth guy that was with you, you know, in the early break, mm-hmm. whatever I said, he's like a minute back or something, yeah. but... Sounds right. Um, and then, uh, and then you just said, "Oh yeah, he burned a lot of matches early on," mm-hmm. and that. Um, so that's essentially what's happening over the course of the day. You've got a book of matches, and you that eventually they're they're gone. Yeah. And if you haven't lit the match book itself on fire and carried it towards some other flammable mm-hmm. material, at that point you're fucking done. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I realized today that, like, I had real competition, that it's someone where I knew that this guy was a heavy hitter and I knew he needed to be respected, you know. And I honestly think some of the the small preparation things gave me a few more advantages over him. And and so I will say this as, as as neutrally as I can because yeah. I, I mean because it because it because it leads to something really cool yeah. um, you, uh, those small preparatory things that you do yeah. I mean I don't doubt that he does them as well I mean if the guy's doing yeah. he's been doing 24-hour mountain bike races for a long long time yes 15 years something yeah 15 plus years um, so he has, you know, he's figured out how to feed himself. He's figured out how to, you know, hydrate himself and just to keep the engine running over the course of time um, or, or over the course of a long period of time. But, you know, everybody gets, you know, uh, draws a bad hand every now and then. Mm-hmm. And you could have at one point today, uh, through a bit of, you know, oversight mm-hmm. on his part, mm-hmm. whatever that was. You could have stepped on his neck by, you know, it, the, uh, which he left exposed by way of a tactical error mm-hmm. by getting to a point of actually running out of fluid so early. Yeah. He like we were, I mean, it was 100 miles into the race, essentially. And he was out of fluids. Well, that, that, that would make it 150 if we had the, the yeah, previous loop. So, yeah. He was out of fluids and he'd been out for a while. Yeah. And, and you, you know, and I'm not going to lie and be like, oh, um, it crossed my mind for one second. And the next immediate thought is, I do not want to fucking win this way. And so when I rode up to you, I think the first thing out of my mouth, give him that bottle. Yeah. And, and if he would have beat me, I would not have regretted that decision one bit. Because it's not the way I want to win. I don't want to win by... I want someone at their best 
you know, punching me in the face as hard as they can, and I'm going to punch them in the like, yeah. like it, in a friendly it, way. <laughs> yeah, but it, there's still, you know, you. I think it was harder. You and Brian Harder said this, that you have, you don't hate your competitors because they're your, um, they're your tribe. They're your people. They're like you already demonstrated a similar interest and a similar level of commitment by even being in the, this place today on this day. Yeah. And so that's not the way I want to win. And if I get second, I can live with myself. Because I don't give a fuck who you are. You're going to lose more bike races than you will ever win. So you might as well make peace with it. Yeah. And, you know, and realize it's a process. Like wherever, you know, in early season, that sucked. You know, yeah, I'm getting top tens. I'm getting top fives. I'm not on the podium, I'm not winning, and keeping just that thing of, I have to be fast on this day. Yeah. This is what I care about. And and I'm willing to do that, is put all my, God, I'm using a lot of cliches tonight, but putting all the cart, like pushing all my chips in on one day and say, yeah, this is the day I want this to happen. All these other things are preparation. All the, all the other races. All these other races yeah. are just preparation. There's more, some I care about more for, and they're usually silly sure. ass reasons. It's like, ah, I've done well here before. I'd like to do well here again. Yeah. Or, so it's, there's a little bit of sentimentality there. But, yeah. the, but I think like just watching that today, yeah. when you said give them the bottle, I mean, I had no, pro, you know, uh, I, I was just, because I knew exactly where you were and the, mm. and, and the reason that, you were able to say it is because you've made that mistake before and it was just an oversight and i've and i was okay like rod welcome to i'm i'm here to look after you for the rest of the fucking day because sean says it's totally cool and you guys will work it out on the road but i've made this mistake before too i've been here and someone didn't you know give me the bottle or something like the like and and you're right it's it's just Doing things that are this long and this difficult, are it's complicated. And it takes one little error. It takes, you know, having to race in, you know, wet shorts. Yeah. Because the first, you know, three hours were totally, you know, yeah. you were basically underwater. Yeah. And then having saddle sore issues. Yeah. After that. Because you, you didn't, didn't clean. You didn't clean or you didn't swing back you know have the opportunity to swing back by the hotel or or, yeah. or whatever and like change under dry shorts yeah. and and that's obviously not always available but uh but if those things are available you need to set yourself up and they frequently are if you're smart like smarts that sounds if you're prepared yeah prepared is a better word than smart because yeah, it's looking at, okay, what could go wrong? Um, it's like, we, we talked about this in the previous, or one of the previous ones. Like, two pairs of shoes. Yeah. You know what? And I knew it would take me some time, but I knew it would be time worthwhile if, okay. I might not get to use them. But we're gonna take those suckers. But they were, but they were in the car, and I knew exactly where they were. And if you just, yeah. and you did say it today, I'm like, okay, next stop, I want to, I want, 
shoes. And yeah. I think like, and uh, and that deep into the race, the mm. pace is it's slow. Like you could, you wouldn't make you, five. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't do the shoe switch before seven hours deep. No. Oh no. Or or maybe even more when yeah when by that point, like yeah, we're still racing. And we're gonna contest this, but the the fever is uh, cooled a little. Yeah, I mean, we're both dealing with cramps. We're both dealing with fatigue. You know, that morning, the part at one a.m. took a lot out of both of us. We got rained on. Some like neither one of us had ever experienced. You know, and. I think Rod said it was the scared, most scared he's ever been on a bike. Yeah, I mean, hair, like it's night. You're you're overdriving the your your headlights. Uh-huh. Like you're going fa- like the, you see something at the very edge of what your light can illuminate. You can't stop in time. Yeah. So right there, that's that's a level of stress like that you you don't have in the daytime. Yeah. And it and that was another thing too for me back to preparation. I intentionally came out two days early because I knew that part would be in the dark and I wanted to at least, okay, what does this look like? Is there places I can look to be aggressive and safe? Like if there's a nice long run out at the end of this descent, so if I kind of overcook it, I'm not going to You're not it. going into a 90 degree bend with yeah. trees. For <laughs> trees and barbed wire and yeah. look like Johnny Hugerman. Um Obscure reference for most of you folks. Yeah, but but if you did look like him, that would mean you just like flopped into a barbed wire fence, got all cut up, but got back on your bike and fucking finished. Yeah, and I would have tried. <laughs> the beauty of not having... No, it's self-preservation. I don't know. But that's a, but th- that is a good point there, is like to, to come out a little bit early to check out the part like to not have to on-site the the night course at night yeah to know it like to ride it a little bit and you know like okay it's this is what i can do riding it casually with my heart rate below this this is how long i can expect it to take and you know yeah and then when the rain came that changed everything because i think honestly the pace we were pushing up those climbs we would have done it in under three hours, that first part. If if it wasn't if, raining. If, yeah. But that rain, like our brakes weren't working, tight switchbacky corners, like that part of the course is so much harder than the loop that goes around Lancaster. Okay. And I'm still not saying it like Lancaster. Lo- yeah. Or something. Uh, yeah. Uh, but it was much more technical than any of the rest of the course. And I see why. So why not do it at night? Why not do it at night? And with that rain, it was like streams of water just rolling down the road. I mean, you could see sections out on the other part of the course where obviously a lot of water had come through because it was, you know, pushed a lot of gravel onto the road in some places and stuff like that. So obviously a lot of rain fell last night. Yeah. And then I don't remember at what point, but I flatted. I. I went through a corner too fast. I think rock cut my tire a little bit. And all of a sudden, catastrophic failure on a descent. In the dark. In, in the, the dark, changing a tire. 
having to chase back on. Yeah. I knew he would be on a climb soon. I was like, okay. I I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know how deep he's willing to go this early. And so I went fucking I went for it. I even like I took some risks on the de- rest of the descent that I don't know if I would have done in the daylight, but <laughs> and especially in those conditions, even the risks were like, if you look at my speed, it probably wasn't that fast, but it felt like, yeah, you know, and I went as hard as I could up that climb and right at the summit, I was on his wheel. <laughs> I must have wigged him out a little bit. Yeah. And he's just, you know, he's like, you know, he was surprised to see me, but in a weird way, he said he was happy because he wasn't really psyched on riding yeah. this in this rain by himself, like having someone maybe to follow down some of the hills. Yeah. And it seemed like we were, it's weird, like you, how quickly you can figure out certain things about people. Like certain descents, it almost became every other descent, one of us would lead down. Because then you could follow that guy, and if he messes up, hopefully, hopefully you don't. Yeah. Yeah. And it was funny during the day. I noticed like that kind of kept going. Yeah, it was interesting watching a little bit from the car sometimes to see who was in front on what kind of situations. Yeah. And I I I did notice a couple of times it looks it kind of looked like you were letting him kind of hang out to dry a little bit well and like i said i but tactically tactically it's still a bike race yep and tactically you know i i've done exactly what he did did too much donkey work and you lost the weapon that you had and his weapon was punch he his accelerations were violent (laughs) and i it was cool to talk to him afterwards because he's obviously been you know practicing the craft for a long time yeah and, uh, that's pretty fucking cool yeah he's a super cool guy like i, I kind of if i lost him i would have been psyched yeah because you lose to something if, if, if you had lost to him you would have lost to someone capable yeah and not because you forgot to drink and yeah or whatever yeah or you didn't bring something critical like a battery, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's yeah, there's like a a, a whole a, a whole number of like these these little things that are all involved in preparation that that I, I, I think get easily overlooked um, until you accumulate enough of those experiences um, to to uh, and I don't necessarily think you have to make the mistakes. You know, it's sort of trial and error, but you you, you got to be out there on your own. I mean, that deep mm-hmm. and exposed and sensitive enough. You have to go through that enough times to realize what's important. Yeah, and realize where you're going to fall down. Like, my cognitive powers, like, are going to, I'm going to be sleep deprived. I went to bed at 10.30, got up at yeah. a little after midnight. So, Yeah. There were some navigation errors at the end that were absolutely due to that. And so when um, when you guys overshot that the left turn 
yeah. at the bottom of the white fence. Yeah. And um, and, and you were and standing I, right there. And I was standing right there, like because yeah. I want. I was yeah. hoping to sort of thing, but then I, but then I said something about you know cognitive much or some stupid yeah. comment like that, yeah. and and uh, but at that time I had a bottle uh-huh. in the cooler mixed for you of pre-workout that had a bit more stimulant in it yeah. that had a little you know maybe a little bit nootropic yeah. effect or whatever um because i knew that th- now we were in the zone when this yeah. shit starts to happen yeah. and so we i should have like just pushed it on you a bit earlier yeah. but it was like right then i just I, I saw it and then it happened and then you guys made one more so when we uh late whenever there yeah. was like five miles left to go yeah. or something and i was coming back to you guys yeah um, I realized, oh fuck! There was that one. There was that one split, and it was not obvious. Uh-huh. And so you guys must have gone down and had to come back up. And yeah, and, and so there's a, there's a little thing. Those are the kind of decisions that you, you know, make incorrectly or fail to make late. And uh, my and my my friend Ed Pope, who has done a lot of twenty four hour races, he was arguing at one point. He was like those races are so fucking dangerous, you know, for people in the last, you know, yeah. three or four hours um, that he, he, he thought something like ProVigil or some of the stimulus should be mandatory in those races, <laughs> you know, after 18 hours because it would, you know, the number of accidents would be decreased, whatever. It was, it was said casually, but, um, yeah. and, and kind of as a joke, but you just realize, man, I get super fucking stupid late in a race. You get stupid and you're focused on... Like, honestly, his safety was one of my biggest concerns. Like, at the end, he started overlapping my wheel. And we had a bit of crosswinds. And he, I was like, fuck, dude. Like, it's little things like he wasn't thinking clear. Yeah. And that descent, we just overcooked it. Like, you look down at the garment, oh, we got this left turn coming up. And then suddenly you're on it. Fuck, we were past it. <laughs> I was like, well, there it was. So, some of that is GPS lag, probably. Yeah, and I don't think they realized, like, maybe when it timed up to show that corner, we might have been going 25 because on its own descent. Time we got to you, we might have been knocking on the door 40. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are moving. So then it's like, I think the reaction times too of breaking and all that other nonsense that you, yeah, everything's just moving a little slower. We've both been up. Except all. gravity. Gravity seems constant. It never gets tired. It doesn't. <laughs> we need some fucking physicists to figure this shit out. <sighs> um, but no, I think, yeah, that's the thing is, and at that point, too, him and I, I think, were so relieved to have good braking surface. I, the road, the tires would hook up on the road. The brakes would actually work because we had ridden so much in the rain for so long at night and at the first part of the race. Like every corner, you're like, you're doing that little double tap thing on the brakes trying to shed water, which Off I don't the rims, yeah. I don't know if it works. Yeah, well, I'll ask Joe later, and he'll think I'm retarded. But he'll have he'll have a he'll he'll know something about it. Yeah, I I rem- rem- remember this. Uh, it, you, 
the Hiyuwa's Road Race, which goes from Camas in Utah over Bald Mountain Pass. So it's basically the reverse of the bad climb on Tour Park City. Yeah. Ends up in, out in Evanston. And, and it was one year that um, I was... I was using carbon hoops and cork pads for the first time. In the rain? Well, it turned out. <laughs> turned out that, yeah. And I, th- and I think in the end that day, um, I think my field started, the Masters field started with like 30 guys in it and only five finished. Um, it, and it was so diabolically fucking cold. But I just realized, like, okay, coming off Bald Mountain Pass, which is what, 10,200 feet or something at yeah, the top. Yeah, it's high. And it's a, like a big, long descent. And it was raining. And then realizing, like, ah, I put the brakes on. And the lag for when the pads clean the water off the rim, and then they themselves dry out enough to actually start breaking on the carbon surface, like... It, was one of the scariest fucking things I've ever done. Happily, I was so fucking hypothermic, I didn't care. Like, oh, I'm going into this hairpin. I'm slowing down. I'm slowing down. I might make it. I might not. I don't care. Yeah. I do not care. I can't care. I'm like, I'm, I'm, sh- uh, I'm like, my brain is beyond like this. me on top of the Zhao? Potentially, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, but then, if once it, you know, it didn't happen that day. I was still super hypothermic by yeah. the time I got into Evanston. But, but days when I've had been that cold on the bike or whatever, and it warmed up later, like yeah. after after we, you know, the Zhao. On, yeah. on the pass of Jiao, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then it warmed up later, and I was like, wow, this is glorious. Yeah, and you could fucking forget the bad bits, and start to really, really enjoy something which is only slightly less bad. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of, that would almost be, there's times today where like, it started raining on us again late afternoon. And I was like, I was tired of being hot and humid. And I told, and I know this is not the truth. I was like, it feels less humid when it's raining. But it honestly did. It was like... That is, that is absolutely not true. You were correct. <laughs> but it felt better. Yeah. And I was like, well, fuck it. We're miserable anyways. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm like covered in all sorts of... Yeah, when you get to the point where you know the caloric deficit is, you know, into the thousands, yeah. but you don't want to eat... You're pretty far out there at that point. Yeah, and and yeah, you, you the tr- yeah, it's so weird that you can trick yourself into keep going and keep eating and keep pedaling and yeah, your feet hurt. So what would have been? Let's let's say say, I mean, basically in every bike race or event, yeah. there is an opportunity to quit. Yeah. I mean, because I think you said something about like there are some years that people that no one finishes on the years when the temperature is super hot. No one finishes this race. Yeah. Yeah. Um, event, whatever you call it. Yeah. It's still a race. You guys are fucking racing. Yeah. It is. Yeah. What was he said three years ago? No one finished. Something like that. I just, yeah. So he, he gave me a day and I forgot it. 
So obviously today, if you decide to throw in the towel, um, mechanically, if I had allowed you to, yeah, then we could have figured out how to put the bike in the car. Yeah, and, like, move all the shit around. We would have made it work. We would have made it work. So, that, so, so that's the functional way of quitting today. Yeah. Had you been out here on your own trying to like go from you know, basically self-supported in the sense of yeah. you're, you're, you're riding from aid station to aid station, yeah. of which there were not many. Yeah. I mean, they were, they were sparse. Sparse, which, I mean, it was kind of... I felt... So there was, so, yeah. So let's just say we're, we're going we're gonna to talk about the, the uh, fellow who complained about not being able to find him yeah. uh, afterwards because, you know, he wants to put the blame somewhere else. But I think you like, dude... Anyway, so so say you were out here on your own. What would have been the the opportunity? Like, how do you quit an event like this? What do you do? Call. I, I saw like on one of the cheat sheets. It's like sag wagon. You know, call area code this and yeah, that's and then what happens? You just die by the side. You like yeah, yeah. try not to die, but you know, by on the, the side time. of the road before someone comes to get you. Do you call an Uber? What do you do? Yeah, so you call this guy, I guess, and he comes and gets you. But if you're at a certain point, it's a two, shit, it could go three hour drive. Because these roads are not fast. Oh no, that, that like, was fucking, cr yeah. I've never been in the car for so long and driven so little distance. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing, like, so you might as well keep going. It would be my mindset. Yeah. Like, honestly, what I would do if I was going to do it that way, I would have a credit card and I guess, yeah, if something went totally, you broke a chain, yeah, you call them, you try to, right, or hitchhike. Yeah, so if you had a mechanical failure that prevented you from, from going, then you make the phone call or whatever, yeah. but uh, if we're talking about a, a meat failure... <laughs> <laughs> yeah either muscle or brain yeah uh fucking hell man you'd be hard to quit and that's i like that idea though oh, in I, life I like i'm a big fan of painting yourself in a corner and then seeing what happens like don't give yourself options because once you give yourself options like an option to quit or an option mm -hmm. to go easier or an option to like you could expound upon yeah. that idea and you will find a way to take that option but if you paint yourself into that fucking corner and don't give yourself another way out and like this is what i have to do and it stops the conversation i mean like one of the things well hang on, on the conversation piece let me get yeah. for some reason we believe that fucking narrative that goes on in our brain and if you can disconnect and say, I don't have to believe this. This is just my brain talking to me. I know that sounds like a weird thing. Like no, your brain's doing your, two things. You're on it. So if that's the thing, like I don't have to believe this. And you can just say, ah, oh, my brain wants to quit. Oh, fuck that. And, and I know that sounds like that Jens Voigt bullshitty. Shut up legs. Yeah. But I don't think it's that. But, but it's not my, uh, there's, I mean, I, I think we're getting into the, sort of the dual mind thing yeah. now is that there's the there is the the, the 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 part that really wants to continue that wants to 
take this, wants to have the, continue having the experience and go deeper and get into a more uncomfortable state to see what happens or, mm -hmm. uh, um, and then there's the other, and you could call it, you know, the, the voice in my, you know, left ear mm -hmm. and versus the voice in my right ear, the angel, the devil, yeah. you know, whatever that, that conversation is. If, if you, um, I don't know. I, I, for, for me, I have found that there were days when I wanted to like put myself in the position to have that conversation mm -hmm. to practice winning it. Yeah. With the brain that wants, you know, the part of, you know, the voice that I, I want, the voice that wants me to continue to, to be the loudest. Yes. Or the most convincing. Um, but then there were other days I realized like I, I've lost, and it happened this year, I've I've lost this argument within my own head enough times that now I need to paint myself into the corner, back myself against the wall. Yeah. Like I need to go so far out that whether I keep going or turn back is irrelevant because both are too hard. Yeah. And we've talked, it's been talked about podcasts with me before. This is the beauty of that silly ass Barkley Marathon. Because it's. Quitter's Road is at least three hours long. Yeah. <laughs> it's so. The, you have to really <laughs> fucking want to quit to go to. to uh, yeah. Uh, but there's something about that where you've not given yourself the option or the option. And maybe that's maybe that's what this is with human nature, is the negative consequence has to be so profound, or so shitty, or whatever, that you choose to now. Um, well, to, I, to, I, I'm, to, go, I'm going to do the thing I said I'm going to do, or to per, to, to go given the, the option, you you go deeper into discomfort. You know, psychological and physical, yeah. um, because it because it's going to be just as bad either way. But if you follow through, then the psychological re reward will uh, reduce the impact of that. You know that that, that negative experience. Let's say, like, yeah. if I'm okay, I gotta go. It's it, it, it's 50 miles forward, it's 50 miles back. Same amount of elevation gain, that's a headwind both ways, whatever, mm -hmm. you know, this, that. It's gonna be the same physical requirement either way. Yeah. If I keep going forward and succeed, then I, <laughs> somehow that difficulty is easier to absorb. It is. And did you find like when you've done, let's say, little pick, I don't know. I'm trying to think. The Everest Challenge. Once you got past halfway, and I don't care where that is halfway, it actually is easier. Not easier like because, oh, Everest Challenge is a shitty example because you drive by the cars. You go by the cars, it's so fucking easy to, like, yeah, you okay. think it's, you think, like, the way that yeah. race is set up, it's like, you think it's advantageous. Like, every time I finish one climb and I do the descent, I go by the car and I have a cooler under the car with my yep. water bottles in it. 
and then I can just replace every you know my fluids yeah. and keep going. But every time back past the car is another opportunity to quit yeah, and that. just get in and drive away. <laughs> yeah, that was a horrible example. That's not a good example. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, but um, okay, Logan Jackson. Um, once you got what's Logan Jack two hundred seven? Yeah, two hundred six. Okay, once you get um, to two hundred six or 103, let's say, or 104, whatever it is, now turning around is a lot fucking harder. Oh, yeah. Or quitting. But that race isn't that hard. I shouldn't have used it. I know that we're, we're coming up with yeah, shit examples. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, for me, if I put it in the climbing context, yeah. it's like, yes, it. once you pass the point of no return, it gets easier. Yeah. And the reason... And, and I think there, there's a similar thing, you know, in some bike events or, yeah. or, you know, it could be a ski touring thing, yeah. could, you know, in, 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 there, there are probably multiple examples, but, but once you pass the point of no return, you no longer have the conversation. There's no, the, the quit, don't quit conversation yeah. stops because you can't like you, you, you can only go, you can only fail upwards. You can only go forward. So, so the reason it gets easier is because there's only one way now. Yeah. There are no longer two ways or a decision to be made. It's yeah. just put, put, put your, your head, head down and get down. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, you can sit there and wish, think, you, well, I wish this was shorter. I wish this climb wasn't as steep, blah, blah, blah. And I I'll, wish I didn't need to yeah, breathe. Yeah, <laughs> and you can do that till the fucking cows come home, but it doesn't change, like, and then that goes back to not having to believe your brain and watching you get a beer is entertaining this, shit right now. This is going to be really good, yeah. Yeah, um, but no, it, and that's another part about, for me, not believing that fucking narrative. It'd just be like, oh, well, I can wish this to be different, but it's just going to make this feel shittier. So just be like, ah. This is why I'm here. That's, yeah. I mean. This uh, is the experience I wanted or I, I said I wanted, and this, so to do this experience, this is what it takes. And yes, that stupid last little climb before the sprint finish, that thing was diabolical, and it's probably not. Like, no, it's funny, because like, I was, I wanted to try and get around you guys, yeah. um, so that I could get to the finish line yeah. with enough time, and you guys were on that climb when I finally was able to get past yeah. somebody and come around yeah. and uh, I was like, oh man, this is fucked. And yeah. I was driving. Yeah. So. Yeah, because it's, at that, I think it's probably only 7 or 8%. But at the end of 225 miles and everything we'd been through, like it was the world's slowest thing. And then there's like these little ramps at the end. Yeah. And I'm like, well, this is where, if I'm going to do something, I don't win sprint finishes. You did today. Well, I went you, wrong. You, you probably went from 500 out or something or more. Yeah, yeah, probably closer to a K because I know I can hold this for a long time. Yeah. But, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do that. And I was wondering how the sort of, the truce that had clearly been established. 
was going to be resolved. I mean, I knew it was going, like, it couldn't come down to, like, we're going to hold hands across the finish line and, you know, have the same time or, you know, whatever. I would never which... disrespect a race that way. Nice. Um, that man who put on that thing, there was faults in the event, whatever, and I... But I don't think it was false. Like, no, you didn't. Fucking, you, I mean, you you more or less know exactly what you're getting yourself into. The fucking title says it's going to be yeah. fucking hell. Yeah. Like, yeah. The 225 mile version was called Death by Cycling or something like that. And yeah. and and you know, okay, so let's let's elaborate on it or yeah. or, or whatever. But um, but yeah, that that. Uh, yeah, you know what you're 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 getting into, and so and which was something that I thought was a little bit, um, was kind of a drag when that one guy came across and then he was bummed out because he couldn't find the aid stations or whatever and had to go to some guy's house and get some water. Play your fucking. I was like, yeah, it, you you could put the GPS coordinates of exactly where the water cooler you know mm -hmm. is gonna be. Um, okay, so that alleviates that, but or. You could fucking pay attention. Yeah. Which is also a requirement. Like if you're going to do something self-supported yeah. in, 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 in that way, like I'm out here with no support crew. Like we had the, whatever, yeah. the friendship, the foresight, yeah. the financial ability, yeah. whatever that I could, you know, yeah. everything that could come together that I could get come, you know, be able to come help. So that guy comes from wherever he came from, um, but didn't have help and was sort of, you know, placed a certain amount of trust in the race organization. And I think he, obviously placed a bit more responsibility uh, outside of himself rather than on himself. But, and that to me makes no fucking sense. No. Because you look at it, the guy even says it on the website, there's minimal support. And and the funny thing is, like, so we were talking, so you came back after the first loop. Yeah. And, like, you flatted. Yeah. So you only had one, one more spare tube yeah. after that. So I'd get online. I'm like, oh, there's bike shops everywhere. Yeah, but it turns out the course is not going to go near any, not only <laughs> not near a fucking bike shop, it's not really going to go near more than three convenience stores where if we hadn't started in the car with full bottles and three gallons of water, yeah. by the time we got to the one convenience store that was only a quarter mile off the course yeah. that I could get to and get more water, yeah. Man, that would have been a drag. Yeah. But, <laughs> so, whatever. You're out. Yeah. It's the civilized world, but you are out. Yeah. Always. And I, I don't understand what someone, and, and I don't want, like, I realize this guy was probably totally bonky. He's probably yeah, a good absolutely. guy. Absolutely. Totally, like, totally for, total forgiveness at that point because he's yeah. completely out of his head. But him going off on the poor volunteer kid. Anyway, he's a grown ass man. But, yeah. um, I, and I was like, I feel shitty for this guy. But I'm like, this isn't, this is supposed to be arduous. Yeah. Like, they talk about having a support vehicle. I, like, you should probably have one. Guess what? The people who did well had one. Yeah. Like, well, you know, the kid that won the 177 had one. Yeah. I had one. There's people at the 100-mile ones. Had one. Who's still out there right now? Thank you, buddy. Oh. Ooh. I 
with a couple of those. There is some Midwestern cut folks <laughs> lining up today. But I've been also beat by some of those type of folks before, yeah. too. Like, oh, yeah. Ridden down and fucking eaten alive by and, someone who you... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, some out of type society, yeah. But, you know, it's... Yeah, no, you want you signed up for the hard. Yeah, and you wanted hard, you found hard, and then you didn't like it when you found it. Is that is that what I heard? Is is that the discussion we're having, or, or, or could, was could, it harder than I wanted? Yeah, it could could be. That. I mean, I've. Um, well, you've probably experienced that more than most. But but in in the mountains, it's different because. Uh, things change quickly. Things things change quickly, but also when stuff gets hard, there's like there, there's not the there's not the bailout. There's like there's no sense of like I'm around my fellow man. Yeah, and it, I can all I need to do is go knock on someone's door or whatever. Um, it, like or there's escape routes or this yeah. or or whatever. So so I would consider the mountain thing a little bit different because. Because it's in, in some of those situations, it's not possible to quit, and there is no way to make it easier. No. Where some of these things, like if you just got on your phone, you realize, like, oh, I could get back to the start line if I just start riding in this direction, and I'm off, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, I think there's this this weird seductive, like, especially there's a couple of those neighborhoods, or well, I don't know what you would call them exactly. We're, we're riding through, and it's just. It's obviously like a wealthier area, mm -hmm. and so you're basically, you know, dragging your own cross up a hill at that point, yeah. and looking at the opulence around, like surrounded by this opulence and luxury. And I can hear, like, you know, people splashing in a swimming pool on the opposite side of that fence right there that I can't see through, but I know that that's the experience they're having. And thirty feet away, I'm fucking dying. I mean, and that to me is one of the cool parts of the arduous nature of some of these routes is sometimes like the juxtaposition of absolute luxury. I would be, I would, I could, it'd be a pretty long list of people I might be willing to really like kill to be in that pool right now, yeah. as opposed <laughs> to what I'm going through. Um, that's the kind of, you know, I, I think that's one of the, the coolest thing about some of these these yeah. events like this is that that you could be ten feet away, you know, or, or you could go go into the convenience. Yeah. You're you're like 150 miles fucking deep, and you go into the 7-Eleven yeah. to get a Red Bull to survive the next you know yeah. 20 miles or whatever yeah. it's going to be. And it's and 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 it turns out you're the alien. Yeah, and I think, but in. The, like you said, that juxtaposition of, but there's also the darker side of that too. Like you see, like on the side of the road, because we negotiated, we had gentlemen's rules between Rod and I that one of us has to pee, the pee break rules. Yeah. Unless someone, no one attacks during the pee break. Yeah. Yeah. We pulled over and there's a perfect cardinal, the bird. And it's dead on the side of the road, but its body is perfect, and it's just laying there dead. 
and that juxtaposition is the opposite end of that. And you're like, no, we should be grateful for what we have right now that we're doing this thing that, yeah, we're suffering, but ride my bike with a guy I'll probably become friends with. Yeah, I I mean, and and, and, yeah, so suffering, it's small s and, you know, and tongue in cheek in a way because it's not, it's A, it's self-imposed and B, it's really not that bad, but... You know, uh, you start pissing maple syrup. Yeah, it gets a little, little bit of a drag. <laughs> yeah, I wonder about your kidneys, but um, I, I, I find that, that like you can, you can take this. Um, you can come because of the of those juxtapositions, let's say, or maybe the sort of intensity of the experience and the compression of it. Mm-hmm. You can almost have you know a a, a a personal odyssey in a way um with very uh in a very short time frame yeah like today you just, like you go yeah we, it took 14 hours and 41 minutes to do you know to to, to do this to, thing to, to do this thing you're like that's fucking nothing huh. but the psychological journey you get to go on in that time frame because of what you are asking of yourself yeah. is as if you might have been out there for a longer period of time at lower intensity. Yeah, and I think the intensity part, you have to start stripping that stuff away. Those little barriers and those, at least for me. you know, those In what li- sense? Um, like emotional barriers. Because one of the things I'm always grateful for in these events is like how you feel afterwards. And not like that, like that laid, just laid waste and you're just laying on the bed just like, I feel nothing. No, this is the next step to me where you start feeling things more profoundly. Like you start caring about the people in your life that you really care about. Like we all have superficial friends, that's fine. But the few people in my life that I really truly give a shit about, like like that sense of love and gratitude for those people being in my life, like you, Laura, like, and being willing to come like, and do this crazy shit, like watch someone just fuck themselves up for X amount of hours, usually well into double digits. And, and then, but I know I'm safe too. And so, but then, you get to feel that in a way that normal life doesn't allow you to feel it because you're thinking about all this other shit and you're not really connected to your true, like how you feel about things. Does that make sense? I kind oh, of, I, no, I, no, it absolutely makes sense. But I, but I, I and I think it's, um, I mean, after big long events like this I've all I, for my own personal experiences I've always been super emotional yeah um, and and sensitive to the slightest thing you know I'll see a, a you know a dog food commercial and start crying or some <laughs> shit like that if I was watching TV yeah. but you know be as something as 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 trivial as that but also the I, I'm just more sensitive and and for me I've always um, the only way that I've been able to explain it is that I need because I am not evolved enough 
or whatever. Okay. Um, I need this sort of physical destruction in a way to, and psychological fatigue in order to experience my true self. Like I have to ha go through this process to strip down the little, the, the filters or barriers or walls that I've put between myself and these emotions and these experiences. Like mm -hmm. I can't just have them without some kind of conscious cushioning between me and them. But then I go do something like this and the pillows, like all the pillows are gutted there. You know, there's no more cushioning. There's nothing that is, I don't have any energy for conscious thought or, or it, yeah, for sure I don't have energy for conscious thought yeah. beyond the immediate sort of survival and, yeah. and achievement pieces. But, um, but I don't even have like the, the restraint in my own feeling, the ability to restrain yeah. feeling or, yeah. or to um, uh, blunt sensitivity in, a, in, in, a, in this way. Like I just feel like a raw nerve end uh -huh. at, at the end in an emotional sense, not in a, like I could, uh, not to all emotion. No. Because what it would take at the end of something like this to make me angry is a lot yeah but what it takes for me to feel as you know as you said a sense of love and gratitude and respect yeah. it's nothing it takes nothing to feel that on a yeah deeply profound and sometimes transformative level yeah i and i and i do i wish i didn't need these things i don't know like if I, you can wish for whatever the fuck, but this as thing, Brian, you know, there was a, there was a uh, period sometime I can't remember exactly um, when you know there was a T-shirt that said it's all good, a little mm -hmm. button that said it's all good, and I think Brian actually went to the, the trouble of making a few custom buttons that he could wear that said it all is, yeah, and that's what this is. This just like at the end of something like this, it's not good, it's not bad, it is and you don't get to steer it no. once you've exhausted all control yeah and i think that's the key is like yeah i can't control like to find out like you you use the word true self and not the false self that we, you know, project. Pro yeah, to the rest of the world that to feel and experience the true self. Yeah, maybe guys like you and I have to do these things. I mean, yeah, maybe if you're a Buddhist monk or a guy like Brian, oh, fucking Brian, I mean, that's another story we'll talk about. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, just, yeah. Well, Brian, Brian said it best about, oh, that's a shortcut referring to. Yeah. And he, and he realizes, like, to experience certain things, you can't take, there's not a fucking shortcut to get there. In the Buddhism, they call it spiritual bypass. Like, you know, you have to fucking sit there if you want to obtain enlightenment. Yeah. For a long fucking time. 
Well, for guys like and you and I, just to experience real emotion without a fucking barrier, we kind of have to dig a pretty deep hole. Yeah, and, Physically. And, and, and I would say, you know, there was probably a period in my life when I thought it was like this, you know, magical quest or something, you know, it was, I was going to find the precious ring, you know, whatever, <laughs> the, pre the precious ring being my, you know, experiencing my actual self. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I don't think that, you know, these sort of experiences or, or needing these experiences to, 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 to interact with true self or to recognize yeah. true self, I don't think that's an evolved thing at all. I think we're, I think we're, but I, I, I'm not going to say emotional cripples, but we're, um, but not, you know, but we're certainly not evolved in that way. Yeah. It, it, and like, oh yeah, this is, this is, this is what it takes to get me to that spot to, to see. Yeah. And I, sometimes I'd like it to be different, but you know, sometimes if, if I really wanted it to be different, I would never have said yes to coming out here where I got to actually kind of participate vicariously. Yeah. And I did say, you know, to Selena today, I'm like, I said, I am so fucking glad I'm not doing this. <laughs> partially because I'm emotionally ill-prepared right now. Yeah. But partially, man. Those, guess we're pretty far down the road. Yeah, and but that's why when I tell people, they're like, "Well, you're good at these ultra endurance. Why don't you do more of them more frequently?" And I'm like, first of all, there's not a lot of this shit out there. It's out there, but there's not a lot of it. So you have to dig and find it, or not a lot of the ones that like you would resonate with. Mm, that's a better point. Like, because it's out there. You know, triple Iron Man. Uh, I'll drown. Okay. Yeah. That yeah. The, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll drown before I get to you know the experience I'm seeking. Yeah, but I think there's. But part of it, I don't. You can't go to this well that often. No. Is is why you can't do more of them more frequently. Yeah, and. I wonder, and I don't want to cheapen it. What happens if you got to the point where this is just what you did, but you don't get the result that you want? Like, and I don't mean winning, losing. I mean the experience. Like, and I don't think I have that capacity. Well, then you go harder, higher, and faster. It, and then where does uh, that end? Uh, Smoking the dragon, and then you wake up with half a big pen melted <laughs> on your thing and a hole burned into the foil and because what he, my, yeah. you know, or whatever. I mean, it's an addictive process. Yeah, is, and it's essentially, like... And, and, and therefore needs to be treated with all of the respect yeah. that it, it addiction um, deserve, merits. Yeah. And if you know you're dancing with this, that this... Okay, I like how I am afterwards. I like what it teaches me about myself and what I learn about myself. But I also know I can't do this often. So I do other things, these short, stupid things. Stuff that tickles rather than, the, yeah. you know, the, the itch or whatever. Yeah, Titillates as opposed to yeah. actually. So... We kind of got sidetracked. Not at all, yeah. actually. I think we were. we're yeah. I think we're right on track. Okay. Because um, 
because we often talk about uh, this idea of like, oh, I went this deep and I saw my, you know, I held up the mirror and I saw myself and I yeah. learned these lessons. To be trivial in the podcast sense, you know, I'm um, going to say, what was your takeaway today? Please unpack. It. I'm going to use a bunch of banned words. Yeah. You know, the, um, you know, was there a, le you know, a lesson of some kind? Was there something that stood out today? And I don't want to say profound because it's no, maybe it's yeah. too soon or 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 that. And I'm not trying to like obviously I'm not looking for the life hack. Yeah, no. I'm just I want you know a like. Did you see or feel or experience something slightly different today than than, than on previous occasions or? Hmm. That's yeah. That's actually tricky because usually these things come back like post race kind of oh it's not going to happen in the six hours afterwards yeah the, generally I, yeah. No, I get it i realize like the dopamine still there's well it's worn off but now you know now the you're fatigue. just dopey <laughs> yeah um that's actually an interesting like where do i see like i i'll just I'm going to throw, I'm yeah. going to push, push this out just because, yeah. um, because I know a lot of the, these things, like certainly the four horsemen, you yeah. were on your own after, yeah. from 70 miles onwards. Yeah. Uh, Hoodoo 500, you were on your own relatively quickly and yeah. racing by yourself for, for a while. Yeah. And then, but then ultimately back together to help yeah. Robert yeah. to maintain yeah. second. Yeah, maintain second and yeah, and to and then to, and then today, basically from the gun. You were with someone. You didn't get to be by yourself today. Not only did you were you not you know not only was I there in your face intermittently, yeah, uh, in in a sense, but but Rod was there every step of the way, which I, I would think. You could, you could come back here in the exact same conditions, and if you were utterly by yourself, you'd have a, the experience would be, yeah, a different it, one. It would be. I guess what it would for me, it was just realizing, like, and I'm not going to speak out of class here, but some of the things him and I shared with each other, for someone I've known at one point. Three and a half hour in the first part, and yeah. however many in the second. We've known each other for hours. Hours. And now we're having conversations that don't happen for most people two or three years into a relationship. Yeah. Like, he told me some stuff. I told him some stuff. Yeah. And that, to me... And goddamn, you guys were being real fucking human beings on the road all of a sudden. Like, it took... it. There it is again. Yeah. Like, this thing. Like, we get... Okay, we broke down these barriers, and now... We can be vulnerable. Vulnerable is a cliche. Yeah. But. Because what's going to happen? Someone's going to like. Yeah. Oh, you're a fucking pussy or whatever. Yeah. Well, certainly not in that situation because both of you are there for like. <laughs> yeah. No. Nobody. I'm sorry. You know, I, I do know that some people go and ride their bikes for fun. 
and other people have their you know we all have our different definitions yeah. of fun but you're not gonna meet you know four hour, hours deep six hours deep in a in a thing like this yeah. um someone who's utterly adapted to normal society no i no, like like we're the, this these events we're broken these are, these are the events for the broken people yeah and we're trying to figure it out and i i don't want to say fix ourselves because that sounds like something that happens at the veterinarian's office but um um but anyways uh but no we're trying like, to i can go in and get this fixed by having something snipped that would be yeah I, i'd pay i i wouldn't even i'd, I'd pay i wouldn't even ask you to bill my insurance i'd yeah. just pay yeah, we don't need to tell anyone. Simple snip. Yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. It's, it's, just that level of honesty we had with each other, at a certain point. It's, and I might, I think I'll end up, remaining in contact with him, but I might not. You never know. That's true because. There sometimes there is. It's it's funny because like ah oh, you have this like nine hour experience yeah. with someone or yeah. seven hours or whatever and you, you yeah we'll totally stay in touch man and something like this it doesn't even get said at the end yeah. because you've both already experienced so much that maybe it's not maybe it's not necessary to say it yeah. you know or to pretend like we already went as so far in a human relationship compressed into a really short amount of time yeah. that I don't need to glad hand or say something that I don't mean at the end. Yeah. And that, I think that's, that's actually a really good way of saying it. I guess, and what we experience, like that guy would probably have a beer tonight with somebody and tell a story and and it might be the same story might be a different story might be but it's it's a um but yeah you went you were honest the entire time you know on the road yeah. i mean maybe in the beginning you're you know trying to trick each other a little bit yeah. but you know but then later it's just like okay but now now there's there's i, I can't be anything but me but honest but mm -hmm. you know truthful in a way, because because if I if I bluff, you know, I get seen through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, whatever. But um, that like you you don't you had the total experience. You closed the circle in a way. Yeah. If whatever you get afterwards, I would say is like would be a bonus. It, it'd be bonus at best, and. And, and and so you you can't repeat the experience necessarily. Yeah. But I look at a guy like that. And I'm like, ah, uh, huh. I have a list. Let's say I'm just going to hypothesize. Let's say uh -huh. I have a list of experiences mm -hmm. that I would like to have. Yeah. Like I already, you know, so the bad water to. The, top of white mountain yeah 
in a single push. Not, you know, not to beat the standing record, which, you know, 31 hours or 33 hours or whatever the fuck it is. And uh, Scott, climbing partner, has done, he's done a bunch of gravel races, some yeah. long, longish ones. Yeah. And uh, I mentioned that to him because he actually was the one who turned me on to that thing. And uh, and he just he just came back and said straight up, "Don't get any ideas, dude. I'm never doing this." So he's not on the list. Like if I want to go try that, actually, or, to me, and I don't know Scott. Yeah. Uh, what I know of him, he's the guy that say, "No, I'm not doing this." Two months later, because once it like <laughs> his going, initial reaction shh, is that, shut, shut your mouth. Oh, <laughs> Okay. This is this part, part of the secret plan. Okay. Now okay. it's no longer secret. Oh, I ruined it. No, without... no, 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 not at all. But but I think you're right. Yeah, personality like him, like you just you plant the seed and then just give it a little bit much. Like I'll ask him. I've been meaning to send because he's told me something like, yeah, this one gravel race it was like a hundred miles and blah blah blah, and I was adver- averaging like fourteen or fifteen miles an hour for a hundred miles. And I'm like, and so I go out on the you know that kind of terrain. I'm like. 14 or 15 miles an hour for 100 miles. Fuck me. How I? How did what? you do that? How did you do that? So like, I need to send him a text yeah. and go, hey, Scott, I recall this. How the... Yeah. WTF. Because, god damn, this thing that I'm looking at in three weeks from now. Yeah. Um, Like, I don't know how I'm going to do the third day. Like I don't know. I know that the I know that that I know what some of the fast finishing times are now. Yeah. You know, I add my percentage for you know age related deficiencies. Let's say <laughs> experience, like you know all yeah. this stuff. And I'm still thinking like fourteen miles an hour, man. That put me in the that put me in this time frame or fifteen miles an hour, like. <laughs> I, but I can't do that on that terrain that I've that I've seen so far. So I, anyway, yeah. Uh, but but let's just let's just say there's there's like you start thinking about oh I want to and I I think you and I are are similar in this way. If I decide I want to have a certain experience, yeah. I'm not gonna like go looking for someone to have it with necessarily. I might uh-huh. mention it to a friend who would be cool to have along. Yeah, you know for whatever reason like. I invite Michael to do the he can you know the third day of the stage yeah. race that I'm talking about um, is Rebecca Rusha's private Idaho stage race. It's you know it's it's uh, three days gravel racing in Sun Valley and um, and but you can do the third day as a standalone 95 mile. Not it's 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 less than 3,000 feet of climbing in 95 miles. Um, hence the times are you know I think there there's. I think there are a couple of women who've been under five hours, which is smoking fast for the, Holy especially cow. for the terrain. Um, so I invited Michael. You know, I'm just like, hey man, you should come do this thing. So yeah. uh, we we had this deal. I was like, dude. I, anyway, um, he can't 
the guy's been doing fitness competitions for the last few years. He weighs 195 fucking pounds right now. Like it's going to be diabolical, but he's big, but because he wants to have a similar experience to yeah. what you had today, of course he said yes. Yeah. And so I'll invite someone like that. Cause I want to, I want to see that dude at 60 miles in like Michael. Yes. Yes. Cause I'm going to be just barely like, yeah. I'll have my head slightly higher above the water at that point. But I, but 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 for a lot of big challenges, I don't think I, I always just imagine it for myself. Yeah. And if you know you showed up at the Everest challenge or whatever based on a, yeah. a comment, that's that's a, again it's a bonus. It's a yeah. And so so I think of this guy like the, yeah. Rod. Yeah. You um, raced and rode with today. Like oh, if there was a thing that was like that that I needed an ally for. Yeah. God damn, the guy like well, demonstrated his pedigree. Uh, yeah, and there's a thing that somebody mentioned to me earlier this year that you might know about, where they were going to do a relay race, but they were going to do it as a team time trial instead. I might have found a horse for said thing. Yeah. To beat said other people. So. <laughs> I actually had an interesting uh, exchange with uh, with Nate the other okay. day. So okay, um, I'm just, come yeah. on, like in, in the interest of full disclosure, because yeah. because this is all going to come back around to have yeah. to, like people doing cool shit and talking yeah, about yeah. what they what they experienced and learned. Um, he had, and uh, so he's prepping. I don't think they they didn't do it because th- Dwayne got hurt. Oh, okay. Um, but Nate was, he had heard a reference in one of the podcasts because I, I talked about him hiding inside the hard work. Yeah. Right. And because it's something that he had actually admitted before. And we talked about this concept a lot when, uh, the, when I was training him and training him in sort of 2009, 2010 timeframe. Mm-hmm. And um, now there's no one who's ever going to argue that that dude works harder than fucking anybody. But there were certain things that he couldn't do yeah. to, to take advantage of that hard work. So we, he pinged me out of the blue and, you know, quoted me quoting him on that mm-hmm. subject and, and, uh, and then said, hey, we should have a conversation about some stuff at some point. And I'm just like, totally, Nate, absolutely. It's a pleasure to reconnect. And I'm totally like, but he made this differentiation because he, he said, well, I, I, I'm going to be really busy the next little bit because I'm getting ready for Logan to Jackson. Mm. And if, it goes down the way I want it to go down, then I'll have more to talk about after it's done. So we should, you know, schedule a conversation to record sometime in September. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's fantastic. And he described that race as he said, I approach these in you know, these types of events. Cause that's you know, basically you go, it's nine hours. Mm-hmm. You go a little you go under nine hours. You're not going eight, no one's gonna go eight thirty. No, uh, it, I, mean, I don't know what the record well, is. It's high eights. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure. I actually haven't looked it up lately, so I could be talking mm-hmm. about somebody might have already done it. I don't know, but um, on on the current 206 mile course, 7,000 feet of climbing, etc. Um, you know, going under nine is pretty stout. It's yeah. been done, and uh, and and the one year that Nate was on track to do it, he you know, fuck he flatted at Al, in Alpine, oh, sort of like Jesus. right near the like I think. I don't know if you remember that your 
going up the 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 basically the rivers on your right mm-hmm. and you cross that bridge and he fucking flatted right there and you're got to be like 16 or 17 miles from the finish or something i mean it's just fucking and they were and i think the guy that he was with at that point nate flatted that guy rode away got under nine hours um so he's got some idea in his head right now and i think he's been training really hard but he's he talked about the difference between capacity based performance i.e. actually racing uh-huh. versus degradation management or managing decline. Ooh. Which is a lot of what, you know, ultra endurance events are, is you're just managing the decline. You're trying to slow your rate of decline. Yeah. You're trying to make your rate of decline slower than the guy you're racing against. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a guy it's 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 a contest to see who can like hold on to their power for longer. And wow, and that's... I just thought like this is an utterly different like this is an interesting way to think about this stuff. Is like okay, I'm gonna take a a a. 206 mile fucking road race and think about it as a road race versus let's just say that not, you know an, an actual race where I'm competing I'm actually I'm, yeah. I, I'm trying I'm, I'm developing in my training the ability to handle this master this maybe mm-hmm. versus let's just say 90% of the people who turn up at that at that event who are just trying to like slow like to 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 die more slowly (laughs) (laughs) so that's what i want to you know something i I really want to talk with him about is just that that particular concept and he's so like and that's actually that managing rate of decline Mm -hmm. That's what I was talking about earlier, the hill repeats, where each time it feels like you're doing them with 90% effort, but that 90% is less. The, the first time up, it's 10 miles an hour. The next time up, it's nine and a half. The next time up, it's nine miles. You know, I don't know what, yeah, what, yeah, what the yeah. rate of decline is, but, yeah. but every, yeah, and, every hill costs horsepower. Yeah, and it's like, and there's times where you're like, okay, I might let a gap open on this one. Because this one, 20%, I, or whatever the case may be, like, or I can hurt him making him chase me back on when I want to. So I'm messing with his rate of decline because this is a bike race. I, so, so, I, so you might be able to not only slow your rate of decline, but if you race smart, you speed up your opponent's rate of decline yes by attacking where he's not at his best so if this so if so let's just say use rod as an example yeah. today he's like super punchy and explosive on the climbs but and i'm just going to hypothesize i don't know whether it's true or not but pushing a big gear across the flats maybe i sat in a little more than i normally would because for kind of a climber type guy i can roll a gear across the flats right I sat in a little more. And Sean, I noticed. <laughs> Even in the car a few times I'm like, 
Sean's not up front drilling it. Huh. I, I, and it was one of those things. It becomes that thing of like, I, you know, and it's exactly what Nate's talking about. Where you're trying to man, not only manage yours, but manage theirs for them. Yeah. So that conversation obviously needs with needs, that needs has to happen, to happen because yeah. he, he's a master of it. I'm oh. I'm the king of doing stupid shit. <laughs> I th- it's it's funny uh, and and and, and it, it's a shame that I'm talking about him and he's not here. Yeah. But it's, but he doesn't have to defend himself. I I just want to say that like he's got because his engine is so fucking big, he's gotten away with a lot. Yeah. So I hope now. Let's just say, I look, like, it's been seven, at least seven years that since I've trained. I mean, it has to be because yeah. after 2010, I was gone. So, yeah. Um, so, I'm guessing that some things, you know, physiologically, psychologically, have changed. We mm. haven't totally, you know, connected beyond sort of text and email, but, um, but I hope now that he, you know. He's the the nature of his hammer has changed in a way that's that's causing him to not just put his head down and like press the pedal. Yeah, cause no one, I don't know what his power is, but for sustained power, oh, unbelievable! I mean, I I, 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 I think his FTP when we measured it was. I'm just going to throw it out. It might be wrong. Um, 465? <laughs> Something like that. I mean, just, just absurd. And, uh, and one, of the, one of the ramp tests. Uh, well, when we get him on the podcast, I'll go back and... Yeah, I, you I, have I, to I, ask him. I have, no, I, ha- I have all that data. But he is also... He's someone who... The, the, you know, when he gets his mind fixed on something... Because of the size of his engine combined with, you know... His tenacity? Tenacity. Um, he'll just do it. I, and so, you know, when some, anybody goes right now, you know, let's just say that... Let's just say that there was a period of time when an imposter called himself the king of the Airdyne. No. When... You know, I have all the numbers because Nate destroyed every single of those time. 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 60 minutes. He has all of those. I mean, and now we got to talk about, okay, it's a specific to a certain machine and it was a particular era, blah, 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 this many ones. But as far as like sustained power output, there's, you know, I've never seen anything close. You want to hear a funny, quick story, Aerodyne story with Nate and me. After I did 300 FY, I was like, yeah, that's pretty fucking hard. And he goes, well, it's 425 watts. He said, you know, for me, we should probably start it off at 400. 300 was just way too easy. Boom! I was like, yeah, fuck. Yeah, when Josh did it the first time, and then like, well, what's the next thing? And then the next thing was no hands. <laughs> I remember Josh holding on holding the on the seat, seat. <laughs> holding on the back of the seat. Three hundred fy, three hundred calories on eighty four, in 
Yeah. Ten minutes, no hands holding onto the seat. Fucking Josh. Yeah. I miss that guy. I, I do too, and, and unfortunately, we you know it, it, it's funny because we've we've both have. Uh, he's just like I just, I ride my bike for fun. He goes, if I want to you know slay myself, if mm. I want to dig deep and like go really hard and have it feel really shitty, that's what I do on my rowing machine in my garage in the morning before work. Because huh. when I go ride my mountain bike now, I do it for fun. If it's not fun, I won't do it. And he goes, that's why I don't ride a road bike anymore because it stopped being fun. And that obviously is what happens when, when you know, Mansebo puts you on the front and yeah. makes you commit, you know, so whatever. You're, you're a falling cherry blossom or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, he, he, yeah, so he lost his love for it and, and we've been, and we've ridden our mountain bikes together a couple of times and he's and I and I and I tell him I said Josh I really want to go ride with you just keep reminding me because because I'm just, and and uh and so he keeps inviting me and the other day I wrote back and I just said you know I, I I've been riding my gravel bike a lot doing a lot of like mixed dirt and pavement type of rides and I really fucking like that took my mountain bike out the other day and I realized that I just don't love it. And I'd, I'd much rather have be on a drop bar, suspensionless bike on certain type of terrain because I'm not a fucking billy goat. And, uh, and, the, and the mountain bike, you know, it's the position. It's, it, I, I don't know what it is, but it's just not as fun. And he goes, it's the same for me with the road bike, man. I can't go out. I can't go out on the road with you because it's just not fun. It's like, ah, fuck. Okay, we're. I think we're. We're right. both going to have to compromise at some point here if we're going to get out on a bike ride. But, but the, um, but you know, sometimes the curse of of talent is. You know. That you, the the, the thing that you loved, becomes work and then becomes the thing that you hate then becomes fucking albatross yeah and you feel like you have to do it and that's the amazing thing like i, I love riding fucking bikes and there was I, some point today where like you're i can't even remember you're 30 minutes or no it's probably over yeah. over an hour still yeah. to the finish and we had just done a water stop or yeah. whatever and just looked at rod and you're like let's go ride bikes yeah. And you said it with enthusiasm that was not disingenuous. Yeah. I, it wasn't like, yeah, I'm beat up. I'm sore. I'm, you know, I'm still riding my fucking bike. And it's, I, and that's the thing. Like people are like, oh, don't you, doesn't the training become arduous or like feel like a job? I'm like, no, I'm riding my bike. Yeah. There's days where I don't feel like going hard, but guess what? I go hard and 10 minutes later, I want to go hard some more. And I'm just like, yeah, this is cool. And it's like, I like riding bikes and it's that simple. So a 20 hour week isn't a big deal because I like riding bikes. If I had time, I'd ride 30 hours. And it's that simple. And I think we got to stop it right there because that's the gist of it. You know, you, 
You like riding bikes? Yeah. You just rode your bike for a really long time? Yeah. You agreed to sit down and have like a recorded conversation talking about riding bikes, which is also fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not a bad day. It was a really fucking good day. It was. Thank you for sharing it with me. Thank you for, uh, yeah, inviting me to be part of it. It was, it was, it was fucking really cool to see. Thanks.